This is the Big Motor Small Blade Podcast, or I guess we should come up with a different name because it is the Big Motor Small Blade Podcast, but we are covering the Indianapolis 500. So I feel like we need to ponder I mean, a, uh, a name. I, I 100% for feel like Indy cars run with big motors and small blades, especially at the Indianapolis 500. That's true. But that's, uh, let's, ponder, like- let's ponder a... Uh, let's 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 try to conjure up a a name for an indie car uh for when we do indie car okay yeah we'll we'll get back to that one i guess exactly um anyway i'm buddy pulley he's seth dolby um like i said this is uh pod talking about the indy 500 um normally obviously we don't cover indie car never seen an indy car race covered on our channel uh but we were at the indianapolis 500 and if we go to a race we're going to cover it um whether we know what we're talking about or not um so contrary to popular belief we have been watching indy car for years now <laughs> yes yes we have yes we have um some of us are a little bit more brain dead about it than others um that's okay you can determine at the end of this podcast which one of us it is um it may be both we we're not yeah sure. i mean who knows yeah i mean you guys probably listen to our nascar podcast and realize that we're both brain dead about that too um anyway uh yeah the indianapolis 500 seth it was your fifth time going yes it was uh it was my first indianapolis 500 20 years of trying 20 years of frustration and buddy Polly finally goes to the indianapolis 500 yep yeah and it's hot and bless america that wasn't nearly the hottest 500 i've been to but yeah it was it was warmer than i'd like it dude the sun i the sun was not closer to turn three than it was anywhere else but it was close it was pretty damn close to to turn three at the indy 500 buddy buddy's taking the piss a little bit it was fairly comfortable for an indy 500 you weren't there in 18 Oh yeah, I wasn't. Eighteen but... was ungodly hot, dude. It, where did you, where did you sit in eighteen? The uh, turn three backstretch. Turn three backstretch. Okay. Yeah. The sun was the sun just fucking. Oh yeah. Just like ah. Turn three. Well, yeah. Turn three. There's no. There's no shade anywhere. I guess it's yeah. the same in turn four and turn two. <clears throat> turn one's about the only place you get any sort of shade. But uh. Yeah, it was like. Plus, we were God. We were packed in there like sardines, man. Yeah, I. Remember, you think you? Huh? Go ahead. I looked to uh, to Colin, my brother, for all of you, uh, about halfway through the race, and I said, "I really missed last year." And <laughs> <laughs> we had dude. about a third of the people there, dude. You could spread out. You could like put your feet I, up. You could lean back. That shit was awesome. I, dude, I have never been to. I mean, do you think you know what three hundred thousand people? like looks like you have no idea not until you see it in person i mean it is a two and a half mile facility people are on the inside and out of that place everywhere is fucking packed yeah it is insane it is it is ridiculous yeah it's i mean it's it's as much of a spectacle as the races itself yeah it is oh god the people watching is insane too that was that was part of my that was might have been my favorite part of the damn race was when we were walking into the infield with Kyle, uh, walking yeah. back to the media center, and damn people watching the the 
fucking the zombies walking out of the snake pit and they they were they were zombies that's the second time i've walked past the snake pit after the race and it's it's as entertaining each time the time before oh, yeah. everybody was like caked in mud this oh, time yeah, wasn't quite plenty. as bad yeah i saw i saw quite a few people caked in mud yeah this um, one wasn't I quite mean, as bad as, as the last time i think it rained a lot uh like just, the day before but yeah just the uh I mean, we went into the where the snake pit was on Friday, just still in there for a minute. And even then, I got muddy just in the couple minutes we were in there. And then I can't imagine being in there for the entire Indianapolis 500. It had rained that day earlier, though. Too, so that <laughs> it was had, it. Yeah. Dude, it is just uh, the the sheer amount. Like like I said, you, you think you know what that amount of people looks like. And they're, oh, my God. They are everywhere. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah it, it, you could go on and on about it for ages. It's it's hard to imagine how many people are there. And even uh, then, like, once once the race is over and, and the place is kind of cleared out, you go in the infield, there's still a shit ton of people everywhere. I, um, Kyle had a great idea. We were talking about this a little bit throughout the, throughout the race. Um, just how, how close the seats are and, in turn three, I don't know where, how it is in other parts of the track, but there's no, like, back to your seat. You have mm-hmm. zero back support, yeah. um, which, whatever. Um, but Kyle made a good point. He was like, dude, we ought to make, they ought to make this like Bristol, put grandstands around the entire facility, keep the same capacity, but put in, like, backs to your seat and tray, trays like they do at Charlotte. I'm surprised they haven't at least at the very least done the the seats around thing um i'm surprised there's so many gaps not like you said they do pack everybody in like like sardines yeah. so it makes up for it but yeah you could they i think part of it too they want to sell those freaking um stadium seat things so that's another rental you can buy and that's another way to boost revenue oh yeah i guess you can do that yeah which Honestly, probably next year I might do it because my back <laughs> fucking kills me. my ass and my back kill me by the end of that race. Like, it, we'll sit down for like 40 laps for a, a run or even longer. Like last year, it was, you know, we only had two cautions, but uh, we'll sit down for 40, 50, 60 laps depending on, on the run. And then people will be like standing up for like two laps after restart and they're like, all right, fuck it. I'm back to seat- sitting. I'm like, it's uncomfortable as fuck to sit down right now. Why are you people like this? <laughs> and then yeah. I feel like an asshole for standing up for the first five laps after the restart, which yeah. I shouldn't, they should all just kiss my ass, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, the, um, <clears throat> the, the atmosphere at the end of five Indy 500s is something different. I mean, everyone, everyone is so engulfed and so, so in tune with the traditions and the, and the spectacle that is the greatest spectacle in racing. It is something that is definitely a bucket list thing for anyone racing fan or not, just as an American or even as a human being on this earth, it is truly just a absolute must yeah for anyone if you think um, you if you think you've done everything and you haven't been to the indy 500 book now you have not done everything 
Dude, it it took me God. How many? I mean, what I had every. It was like I said, twenty years of trying, trying. Like, yeah, it was like Dale Earnhardt trying to win that five hundred. Just me getting to the damn race. We were joking, like, um, I don't know, a month ago. I was like, I still don't believe you're actually going to the Indy five hundred. No, I, I didn't either. Yeah, and I then mean, we had a flat I, tire I've had on ticket, the way. I've had tickets to this race, and something came up, and I couldn't go. I had like I was about to buy tickets one year, and then like my car absolutely just shit on me. Uh, we were obviously going to go in twenty twenty. Like I was like everything was set in stone, everything was good. We were ready to go in twenty twenty, ready, ready to go. And then yeah. obviously we all know what happened. And then last year I didn't even try. Kind of glad because of the outcome. Um, and yeah, I think that that is one thing that I maybe I'm a complete pompous ass for this um but because i i don't follow indycar religiously and my as great as the indianapolis 500 was my heart belongs to the coca-cola 600 it's my home track it's where i'm from it's where i've been going for my whole life so and maybe I, my mind would have been changed if i was there but last year with elio castroneves winning his fourth quote unquote his his fourth indy 500 um some people um with logic might might bet to differ um yeah i'm kind of glad i went this year and not not last year i don't last year was a a much better race though (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah uh nothing against this race but last year was something else every time i think about the race last year i get excited it was I don't so fun remember. i remember i don't oh, even remember it was, it was so yeah good. <laughs> getting into this year's race though um yeah there was a there was a lot of build-up obviously um a lot of people were wondering could elio do you know win win five um again quote unquote five uh, Indianapolis they counted, 500. They counted as four, so yeah, it would be five. <laughs> Quote unquote five. Um, yeah, he joined the club, um, and so that was a big story coming in. Big uh, Ganassi. They had five guys in the show. I mean, all of them stupid fast. Jimmy Johnson, obviously, his first Indianapolis 500. Uh, Roman Grosjean, his first Indianapolis 500. Um, and there was just a lot of a lot of things and a lot of buildup and a lot of buzz around this race and it, you you look back at the month like let's take take jimmy johnson for instance i mean the man's proved he why he's a seven-time cup champion i mean he's never raced an indy car on well no he raced an indy car on oval texas never raced the indy 500 goes out there hits the wall and goes right back out like nothing happened and has one of the most amazing saves, puts it on the top of the board at one point, makes the fast flow. I mean, Jimmy Johnson, man, let's talk about Jimmy. Let's talk about his race. I mean, he ran a respectable race. Yeah. In in a race that was all about track position and you couldn't really pass all that well. And they got kind of caught out by a, a caution and a pit site uh, pit during a pit cycle. Um, yeah, they ran, he ran a good race, honestly. Yeah. 
uh, obviously <laughs> he ended up in the wall there. Yeah. Uh, a couple laps to go. We got to see Jimmy lead a lap. Yeah, we did. Yeah, see him lead a lap. We Jimmy were led for a lap. All out downpour at that exact moment. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I was the only one in the grandstands when he took the lead. I was like, I was like, rain, let it rain. <laughs> um, it's so weird. You felt that, right? For, you felt that. <laughs> yeah. It was so weird pulling for Jimmy Johnson. I can think of many Memorial Day weekends where I was just absolutely livid at Jimmy Johnson for winning the fucking race. Yeah. And here I was pulling for the man's. Um, but no, I mean, he had, he had a great month of May. And obviously, he won Rookie of the Year. Um, there's some arguments to be. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, okay. But go ahead and lay out your argument as to why you don't you don't think he necessarily deserved it. I mean, maybe I didn't deserve Jimmy. it, but he wasn't the top pick. Yeah, I there were three there were three rookies that finished ahead of him, and I understand they do they do take into account um, impact and and fan interaction and stuff like that with. Indy 500 rookie of the year, but I mean, the three of them finished in like the top 15, I think is what it was like. That's, that's, who was it worthy? What three? Uh, Malukas was the first, uh, Kirkwood and hell. I don't remember what the third one was. I mean, there's only one more rookie. The other three wrecked. Yeah. Um, was it, um, Whomever the hell it was. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, I would remember if I wasn't trying to recite it right now. Yeah, I know. But right. anyway, the point. Anyway, yeah. Oh, Devil and Francesco. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Um, who He ran a good race, too. Kind of forgot he was in it. He, his car and, and Grosjean's car looked too similar. Um, I got yeah. I got them confused. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just – I feel like it – I feel like you can't get and, – and it's not like Jimmy was running – top five all day and then wrecked late they it wasn't his fault but they were running 25th or where did malukas finish i think it was like 12th or 13th yeah so here's my thing jimmy all month was the top rookie all month long he was the fastest rookie he was for the most part the most consistent and i feel like Yeah, he, he probably wasn't on track to finish ahead of Malukas or um, Kirkwood or DeFrancesco. But as far as, like, the overall month, I felt like Jimmy Jimmy was at the top. And if Jimmy wasn't at the top, it wasn't Dave Malukas or DeFrancesco or um, – who was the other one you named? Kirkwood. Uh, Kirkwood. Yeah. Um, it wasn't them or Grosjean. It was gr- No, if it wasn't Jimmy Johnson, it was Roman Grosjean. Oh yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. All yeah. month long. And it, Roman Grosjean was the one who was running the highest when he had the incident. I would, I would argue call him I a lot. Uh, yeah. Forgot about he him. had a, he had a great month. The yeah. three guys who I felt like had the best month of the rookies crashed out. Yeah. So I feel like you kind of got to look at it. Now, you never know what would have happened. Grosjean and I like, crashed out early. Um, and then Jimmy obviously crashed out with you know, five or six to go. 
Um, I feel I mean, like that yeah. that's that's my argument for Jimmy is he was the best rookie and the ones who you're making the argument for Malukas and those guys they ran just the yeah, granted Jimmy screwed up yeah does he hundred percent screwed up but as far as overall month he he had overall a better month I felt like than they did yeah and, so I, I that's a fair argument if um if you're making it a whole month thing and that's essentially the first time Jimmy put a big foot wrong. He did, he did get in the wall off to earlier in the month, but it was very minor. Um, had a big save during qualifying yeah. uh, that took him out of a chance to probably qualify in the first two rows. Yeah. Um, I think that's and a, who that's, knows his race is probably yeah. set up better anyway, too. If, if that doesn't happen as well. Exactly. It was so hard to pass. He, he kind of put himself in a hole. Um, at the start and him not being as experienced. I mean, he definitely was at a disadvantage there. Um, I'm not trying to make excuses for Jimmy Johnson because he is a world-class driver, but I've always looked at the Indianapolis 500 rookie of the year as an overall month. Yeah. That's Kurt Bush. Kurt Bush won it. Granted, he, he finished sixth in the race Had a great, had an absolutely great run. Um, But the whole month he did well. People argue that uh, maybe Fernando Alonso shouldn't have gotten rookie of the year in 2017 because of where he finished. He blew an engine. He can't help that. You know where he was when he blew an engine? He was leading the fucking race. And he did yeah. fantastic all month long. Like, so I feel like. Wasn't always... Ed Jones literally leading at the end of the race, though, when that, at the end of that thing and finished like third or fourth? Yeah, he finished third. Third. Yeah. Yeah. But so he was... there's an argument to be made for, for both sides of this, I think. And yeah. I, I, I think your argument's solid. I think I think the counter argument's also solid. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, that's that's what I think. I think Jimmy. What's up, Happy? Um, I think Jimmy. I think Jimmy deserved to win rookie. You could make an argument for, you know, a couple of those guys, but I think I don't have a problem as much of a problem as it seems like everybody else does that. Jimmy got rookie of the year. I think it's more getting stirred up just because it's Jimmy Johnson and yeah. people want to be double play devil's advocate because they they think they're cool. And I mean, it, it doesn't, it doesn't like, it doesn't like irk me or anything. It was just kind of like one of those. Yeah. There were, you know, several rookies that did very, yeah. very good and finished the race. And so I don't know. Yeah. Um, I thought it was worth bringing up. Yeah. Another rookie call my lot. Call my lot. Sorry. Um, yeah, Ryan Hunter as a driver coach. So I was a little bit, I was pulling for him a little bit. Um, obviously, big fan of the proud American boy, Ryan Hunter Ray. Um, he, um, he had an okay month. Um, he was pretty quick in a, for a Yumco's car. Um, and then he ended up crashing there early in the race. And that kind of sucks. And he broke his hand. Yeah. Um, that's so rough. Get well, Callum. Uh, Santito Ferrucci is going to be covering for him at what's where are they going Detroit. next? Detroit. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so just want to give a shout out to Kyle Mylot and get well soon, bud. Hopefully uh, your hand gets better and you can come back stronger and yeah, win. Take Indy. some Tylenol. <laughs> walk Take it off. Take some Tylenol. Get up. Get back out there. Yeah. Detroit walk it off, that man. Rough. 
Yeah. Detroit ain't that rough, man. You can do it. Oh my God, dude. I those go-karts at damn uh at uh Newcastle. Yes. I mean, just that track was relatively smooth, but damn. I yeah. mean, I Yeah, it was my hands were cramping up. Grass. I can't Yeah, <laughs> my hands were cramping up a little bit. And I can't imagine running through just detroit with a broken hand uh, i had to do that number down the street oh, yeah. after like five minutes i'm like yikes <laughs> yeah yeah we uh that was a good time um we are not athletes <laughs> no no we're not we'll, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later um not about how we're not athletes but our our experience during the, or the our weekend. weekend it was yes. a fun time it was a good time um it started out wild um we literally are at the track, what, five minutes? Something like that? Well, no. It felt we, like it. It yeah. was 20 or 30, but it felt like five. We yeah. had just gotten to the track uh, after a hell of a fucking drive up. Um, it, and we get there. We're going. We're trying to go and meet David Land um, and Kyle and get um, go sit with them um, so we can hang out with them before they got to do stuff. Well... We um we decide all right that's a lost cause so we go and stand in turn one yeah well more accurately we were in the short shoot yeah we were in the short shoot kind of facing towards one um <laughs> we go to shoot a shot and fucking we hear yeah yeah <laughs> that's pretty that much exactly what it was yeah it was more of a, a a lower lower tone than that it was more but yeah, yeah we hear a smack against the fucking wall here smack turn and see part of a car up in the air We're like, yeah we see a car upside down um and it was obviously colton herta um dude i we we heard that thing it is crazy hearing an indie car hit the wall like that i mean I, dude i'd never heard i heard it and like i was that. like what the fuck was that yeah <laughs> I don't think I've actually been because I've seen I've been to practice for the 500. I've been to because I and I've uh, back when I used to grow the Grand Prix. And I don't think I've seen a car wreck on the oval until right then. And that is it was jarring. The yeah. yeah. Um, I've, I've seen a handful of cars wreck on the oval close. Obviously we saw several of them from turn three wreck and turn two, but, um, I've seen a handful of them, of them close, not that many. I have never heard one hit like that. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty bad. And then, uh, ran down there, Colton got out of the car. It was all right. Um, he, you know, went bird up there for a minute um dude he uh I, we didn't re- <laughs> yeah um but we didn't realize it i'm sure some of you have seen the video we got the damn thing on video of him going up in the air i mean take off i'm over here just saying the dumbest shit in the world <laughs> i look over at colton look back at seth i'm like yeah we're here at indy 500 you know i'm doing a bit and whatever and, and boom boom <laughs> And it turns out we got the whole thing on camera. Um, I really wish the audio had caught that because that oh my was God. yeah. I I I would love to hear that sound again in that clip, but unfortunately, 
apparently our microphone's too good who knew but um yeah which that <laughs> and this wreck i mean it kind of it led to colton's just absolutely terrible day oh good god in the 500 i mean they the backup car was absolutely terrible um what something else was something was wrong with it with the motor um yeah not exactly what but colton was god he was he they were driving indy cars and colton was driving uh damn f2 us of 2000, US 2000. Car. <laughs> like he was it was a rough time colton we got yeah. the whole crowd cheering for him though we got all of section 18 at least going every time yeah. he come by there Cheer for, for colton bit. come on man you go and you feel like it buddy <laughs> i gave him the shocker a couple shocker. times <laughs> oh man yeah colton had a rough month um started out big maybe it was our fault maybe yeah, I don't know about all that. We might have jinxed them. Oh, I know sorry. the Coca-Cola 600. I mean, the World 600 can't be good unless you're somewhere else. But uh, I, I don't know if we jinxed Colton Herta. Yeah. Um, yeah. He he won the GP. He had a he had a, he had a good start. He he, he made the there. save of the year in the GP as well. He did. Yeah, and he so. made up and he uh he made up for it in the 500. Um pretty tough to save a car going 15 mile an hour what it doesn't it doesn't step out on you when it's going that damn slow oh yeah <laughs> wait what are you trying to say i'm saying he wouldn't have had an opportunity to make a safe like that in the 500 because the car was not going fast enough oh well, get I meant, sideways on him well i meant he made up for saving the car by losing the car in the practice on car oh, day I, I guess yeah um yeah, and um, getting into more of the race, I mean, Grosjean crashed. Um, it was kind of all month long. It seemed like he was a dart without feathers at times. Um, That's split, pretty much from Grosjean. So. Yeah, it just seemed like a, he was a little bit overconfident. And he, uh, he just lost it in turn two. Turn two was the hot spot. Saw three or four guys lose it. We saw him lose it. Obviously, we talked earlier. Callum Eilat, Jimmy Johnson, that's where Jimmy lost it. Um, and then also Sage. Sage at the end of the race, yeah. Sage. Oh, Renus VK. Oh, yeah. That was a heavy hitter, too. That was. That Renus was VK was fast as shit all, all month. And he was really the, the main one who could challenge the Ganassi cars. Yeah. As far as all-out speed. I mean, we got, other guys could, you know, handle – well enough to where you know they're not as trimmed out as the ganassi cars and more set up for race set up or, you know the era mclaren cars for instance they could hang it with the ganassis but renis vk had the best had the best of both worlds and they could hang with them and that was a heavy hitter to go out early there i almost asked if he was the only chevy that was fast and then i remembered that the mclaren cars are chevy so yes they are so good job forgot about that yeah, it to was me they, the to me they're supposed to be Hondas. I'm sorry. Yeah, they were the fast. It was the fastest. What they say it was the fastest Indy 500 field in history, and then also the closest. Yeah, I'd heard definitely closest. Yeah, I think it was fastest too. Yeah, I that's mean, not counting the fact that only 32 cars actually posted qualifying times. But yeah, well, yeah, that's a technicality. Yeah, well. Way to shit on everything, Seth. David brought it up first. <laughs> yeah. Um, happy. Happy wants to show everybody his butt. <laughs> show me your butt. 
Oh my god. Um, yeah, it, that was one thing that I was just in awe of during the whole month was just watching qualifying. I never really, I mean, I watched qualifying, but I never really paid too much attention to qualifying for the Indianapolis 500. Oh my god. You, you, we were on the edge of. I was on the edge of my seat wherever I was watching it, even if I it mean, was they, a pool. It, we were, we, I was watching the pool. I was watching it at work, and every time I was like, "Oh shit! Oh fuck! Oh my god!" Like it I, was. I mean, dude, when when Dixon came around that first lap and ran that, what was it, two thirty four five or whatever? Something, it was, yeah, something ridiculous. We both gasped. Like, yeah, it was like, <laughs> "Holy shit!" Yeah. Dude, and that's like, it is insane. It is, it, it, you cannot put into, like, this is what makes racing drivers what they are. This is why we love the sport, is because they are proving to everyone in this world, right then and there, you can, obviously, every professional racing series in the world, anyone who's in any sort of racing, chances are, they have a special talent. They can't do that. But that is to the fullest effect to the on the biggest stage and on full display why racing drivers are so special because they can do what they can do these superhuman things that we cannot fathom doing as yeah. normal humans. And that is that is what makes the Indy 500 qualifying for it just so special is they are putting it all out on the line they are on the ragged edge going 240 fucking miles an hour just like just fucking well and 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 to the uninitiated falling balls dude yeah and, and to the uninitiated um driving on the street is dangerous because human beings are not evolved to process things at that speed Imagine that times, what, four? Imagine it's like 60 miles an hour. Yes. Multiply that by four, and you get what you got there. Your, your brain is not, is not supposed to function at that speed and yeah. process information that quickly. Yeah, and then, uh, and then bust the tail out. And then make an, and make adjustments every corner. Yeah. Oh my God. The, the fucking. Yeah. I mean, that's that's another thing that baffles me is like you just they're having to adjust the weight jacker to, you know, adjust the downforce and all this stuff. It's, it's fucking. It is insane. Yeah. What they do, and it just and that's just the build up to the race. And then you get to the actual race, and it's 500 miles of that. And little, it's, little baby bit slower, but yeah. Yeah, baby bit slower, yeah. Um, that was something I noticed, and I think uh, next year I'll be back at the 600, but I think I'm going to go to IndyCar qualifying for the 500 because that was that was something, something special to me. That was almost my favorite part of the month was that, was qualifying. Yeah, that – it was especially with the speeds that we got like yeah. that was that i was mean next special. year next year um experts say and by experts david land says we could be seeing like you know them going 240 like they like ari did back in the day 
which would be insane. Yeah, would we were talking about working on breaking track records in 2015 and 16, and then we started almost killing people. So yeah. forgive me if I'm a little bit skittish about doing that, but we've made some adjustments to the the frames of the cars. Hopefully, it would be okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. See what happens. We will see. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll get to you. Go ahead and. Um, so yeah, I wanted to I wanted to talk about the the Jimmy Johnson thing. Obviously, we got that. Um, I, I wanted to talk about how temperature. Obviously, racing is is very temperature sensitive. Um, obviously, but it, with so we're as you can tell, uh, we're more well versed in in the NASCAR end of of things, which you probably know if you're watching this, but you may not, you may have just stumbled on this and think, Oh, they're talking about the Indy 500. Cool. I'll watch. So anyway, that's the backstory. Um, in a, in a cup, in a cup race, you'll get more movement from the cars when it's really hot out. Yeah. And that typically opens up passing option opportunities in Indy car in the 500, not specifically, but in the 500, the hotter it gets, the more everybody just kind of can't go anywhere. It's odd to me. I don't know if they're just dialing in a lot more downforce because of that. Yeah, I think that I think that's exactly it. Yeah, I think they they dial in a lot of downforce, and it makes it to where it is harder to get harder to get close to people, yeah. um, and in turn makes it harder to pass. Um, and I'm sure once you get closer and closer to that car car drops worse and you really it gets really hard to drive yeah um i mean it was it was brutal trying to set up a pass yeah it was hard yeah Yeah, it was um we saw the ganassi guys swapping the lead back and forth but that was more just fuel um you know that was kind of worked out with fuel but as far as like passes made it was it was at the death of the straightaway like it was right at the end of the straightaway you would be able to get the run and it was, it was, you had to make a damn near bonsai move into the corner in order to make a pass. And it wasn't you, the, the draft, it didn't seem like was as effective. Um, and yeah. It's it, pretty incredible. We didn't see any, any wrecks from contact in three and in, in turn one and three, because yeah. I like a few guys got in the grass in turn three or not or several guys yes yeah, several yeah. guys got in the grass a little bit and like uh, it, pretty amazing car control considering how how hard they were pushing these things yeah. so uh could i i think it what was it sage or was it centino who got in the grass a couple times uh probably centino yeah it's a toss-up you flip a coin yeah they they're probably both, they're both i think insane. they both did but i think one of them did yeah. more than the other yeah um yeah, I think that I honestly, yeah, that's that's just that's something they got to work on, um, because it was extremely hard to pass. It I looked over at you, I said it reminded me of the Cup at Indy a yeah. little bit, um, and that's uh, obviously it's not good, and they'll they'll get it figured out. I feel um, they and track conditions again, they they weren't the best for that, and then. Yeah, I mean, it's just something it's only, have to work through. It's only really concerning to me because we've had, I guess, like 
I feel like ever since we've gone back or gone to the universal arrow kit, we've, we've had, I think one great 500, um, for, for, for my eyes, uh, 2019 was close. Uh, but mostly when I think of that race, I remember Alexander Rossi just absolutely going farther than the car should have been able to handle. Um, but yeah, I feel like ever since we've done this, 2021 was the only great race. 2020 was different. Obviously, it was in August, so obviously it was going to be brutally freaking hot. Um, yeah, I had fun with 2020. Um, the duel with Pagano and or not Pagano, uh, Takuma and Dixon. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of the same as this, where it was it was hard to pass. Yeah. And. So yeah, it made it a little lackluster. Yeah, these the universal air kits, they in my opinion, um definitely maybe not an overhaul, but could use something else. Um I, I haven't I haven't been necessarily thrilled with the racing in IndyCar the past couple of years. Um I think there's there's a lot of things that maybe need to be worked on to get back to the great racing that we saw. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't, you know, I don't know. I didn't really get into IndyCar until like 2014, 15, but I felt like 14, 15, 16, we saw a lot better racing product than we have since we've gone to the Aero Kit, the Universal Aero Kit. I mean, I was definitely fine with getting away from the Aero Kit super speedway racing that they had to to some extent because it was yeah it was it was dangerous it's something and that's one thing i feel like you got to find a happy medium yeah because i felt like the the dw12 um i felt like that was i feel like that was good racing for the 500 i mean it had that it had that same kind of thing to it 2013 we had like what was it 75 leap changes or some shit or maybe not quite that many. It was like yeah. sixty something or so. Yeah, it was a lot, and you could pass. Yeah, but it was. I it mean, was Ryan Hunter Ray came was, from nineteenth to win the race in twenty fourteen. I mean, you, yeah, but it was more like it was more passing from the fact that you were a brick in in clean air. That's not really the kind of racing I want to see. Well, I, I mean, like what do you, you biggest... gotta you gotta pick your you gotta pick one then, dude. I mean, you don't have to pick one. We had that last. Yeah, you year. do. No, we had the perfect balance last year. Now, the only problem is, is if the only way to get that perfect balance is the perfect set of, of track temperature or, you know. Yeah, exactly. You can't rely on that. You have to, you almost got to pick one. Do you want, do you want the, the arrow sensitive, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to pass or do you want the, you're a sitting duck if you're out front? I would prefer I mean, hard to it pass. Is, it is hard. Okay. You know, that. That makes you that puts you in one category and maybe me in the other. So I mean, that's fair. You, yeah, that's it's it's one thing. Yeah, they gotta they gotta try to find a happy medium um, between. You've got to find a happy medium between the DW12 where you you were brick and you were sitting duck out front. The 2015 package or 2015 the Kit package where. The racing was absolutely insane. Um, and then this package you have now. I feel like we could 
I feel like we could change the rear wing and that would change yeah. a whole lot. I, th- I, I think so too. Yeah. Um, not, not like a major, major overall, but I, I think we could go back to the drawing board a little bit on, on the rear wing. And I think that would pay dividends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it, I think a lot of the DW 12 did not have to do with like the bumpers. Yeah. Created that, like that just was... a channel of air that, that made it, you know, well drag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was the same um, thing with the aero kits too. They had those yeah. massive freaking bumpers on those things. Yeah. I mean, the wings are so small. Like, I mean, you look at this, this is a, what IR, IR. That's a 20, what 2008. 2008. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, what um, it was. yeah. I mean, you look at that, that is, look at the, the size, move this out of the way. Look at the size of this wing on here. And yeah. you compare that to uh, modern day IndyCar, and yeah, one. the wing is tiny. I got one back there. Yeah, you barely see it in the background. And so the wing is tiny. And I might be completely wrong, but this is what I think. I think what they're having to do is they're having to put so much front downforce in it because you have this tiny wing, and you don't have any rear downforce in it. And I think it's creating just hard to pay it's almost like when the cup cars in 2017 and 18 they had to put so much front downforce in it because they had none on the rear and it was put and also so much side force which don't necessarily have to worry about that too much in indycar um that i know of i don't know like i said i don't know much we should but, have gotten an expert for this video <laughs> yeah we should have well i think it's more fun to talk through this ourselves and then we'll you know have someone else critique it later um so i feel like feel like it's kind of like that i feel like they have to put so much front downforce in it and then once they get in a way in the wake of another car it is it's hindering their ability to pass yeah um and i feel like you're definitely on track with they gotta do something to the rear wing um to punch a, i guess punch a bigger hole in there or you know do something to add some rear downforce in it um find a way for it to punch a bigger hole but not like the biggest fucking hole well and that's and that was one thing we said uh, that contributed to jimmy's wreck was he he had a lighter fuel load in it which he hadn't had that all day and he had so much front downforce in it that when he went in the corner i mean he he took um he he just he went in the corner and the back end just he over oversteer just a ton of odor steer yeah and got the curb and got in the wall so i yeah i feel like they there's not a rear downforce in the car and i feel like that's hindering that's to make a long story short yeah but i mean on the flip side there's got to be there's got to be a, a decent amount because um erickson was able to put that thing wherever he wanted so, well, yeah, well, I think that is a testament to Ganassi. I mean, look at how many bullets yes. they had in the chamber. I yeah. mean, Scott Dixon, Alex Pillow, all month long, we talked about Dixon was super fast. Pillow had the best of both worlds. Obviously, Pillow had the um, pit road penalty entering no. a closed pit. Well, no, that's he was able to do that because they needed the fuel, um, but the caution came out. So, that's what cycled into the back. It wasn't because he pitted there. It's it was he because he twice. entered a closed pit. 
and he got a penalty is no, why he went to the back. He didn't get a penalty. He lost his track position. That's not, he didn't get a penalty. You're allowed to enter a closed pit. Oh yeah. Cause he did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Either way, yeah. he, either way, he went to the back, lost his track position. He was out of it. Yeah. Dixon got a speed and penalty every couple to go. And then Jimmy Johnson was doing his own thing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Ganassi had so many bullets in the chamber. They had five really fast cars. And when it came race day, they had four really cars that were also fat, that were fast. And also when they got out front, they were hard to pass. Oh, They're yeah. very hard to pass. And yeah. I think that's what it was is, I mean, it Erickson got out front and it was, his car came to life. I think those cars were made to run out front and they could pull away like nobody else could just because they had more all out speed than those guys did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, totally lost my train of thought there. Um, I guess we can, we can get into the, the ending of the race. Um, yeah. Now um, they threw the red flag after Jimmy Johnson's crash. So we could get a green flag attempt to get a green flag finish now what's your uh, so what do you think about that um so my only uh, so 2020 we obviously we finished under under yellow uh the the circumstances were a little bit different because who was it connor daly i think hit the inside pit wall um that would have been a long cleanup and I still don't, I guess it would, it's just solely the cleanup is why we didn't do it there. The reason I even bring that up is because it's kind of, it seems like it's been a little inconsistent on when we do and when we do not attempt, you know, red flag the race to get a race officiating inconsistent. Wow. Never would have guessed. Yeah. I just feel like something like that, it should be pretty cut and dry. Like, Hey, do we do this or do we not do this? Now you could argue 2020, they weren't worried about, um, like I heard someone say, it's about the fans. So in yeah. 2020, we didn't have to worry about the fans in the, you know, paying customers. Everybody's watching yeah. on TV and you mm-hmm. could watch it for yeah. free. It was, we, it was on. We all know. NBC. So I guess I don't feel like your race officiating should be based off of how many paying patrons are in, in the facility. That seems a little arbitrary to me. Yeah, I feel like it's yeah, because I mean, back when NASCAR when they uh, did the race back to yellow and they you know used to end races under yellow, um, back in the early two thousands and you know they had a red flag lap. They had if you were past this lap, we were not going to red flag the race. It was going to end under caution um, if we couldn't get it cleaned up. I think maybe IndyCar could benefit from that rule, yeah. um, because. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It is a little bit confusing. Because um, ultimately, uh, ultimately, what we did here was red flag the race, end up with the entirety of the same results back to, I think it was seventh or eighth, maybe even farther. And we tore up one more car. We didn't really gain anything from this. Now, we got to see Marcus Erickson snake his way down the straightaways, which was entertaining. But 
the dude should have won the race about 10 minutes before he actually did. Here's my argument with that. Should have, would have, could have. Like, I mean, it's, here's my, like, it's racing. Wrecks happen. And you have to know whether he should have won the race or not. You still got to, I understand why they threw the red flag because it would be maybe not a black eye. And this is my opinion. Maybe it wouldn't have been a black eye, but it would have put a sour taste in a lot of fans' mouths if we were on those last six laps under caution. I mean, yeah, IndyCar has enough room to improve with how yeah. quickly they can get a wreck cleaned up. In reality, they should have been able to pull that thing off the track and we would have been going again in two laps. Well, exactly. They can't. So I feel like the yeah. at the very least, they can red flag it, be like, all right, let's red flag it, take our time, get this track cleaned up properly, and then give the fans a finish whether it's the same outcome or not. Yeah. We, we owe them to at least try instead of throwing in the towel and whether it's about the fans or not, or, you know, Mount, whether Marcus Erickson was going to win the race or not, that's racing shit happens. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't understand this argument of, uh, yeah, we shouldn't have thrown the red flag. I mean, racing it's racing. Shit happens is not an argument for, race officials essentially manipulating the finish or attempting not maybe even attempting to but that's what that would have been that's not really the same argument racing shit happens is you blew a tire while leading the race that's no, it's racing, racing shit, shit happens is when a caution comes out when you're gonna win the indy 500 and guess what they decide that they're gonna put a red flag out so we can I haven't finished. I mean, it. Yeah, we're lucky we got the same outcome, but yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Am I? I. I think the red flag was justified. I think that was fine. Um, they've I mean, done it before. Yeah, it I is. Mean, like I said, it's it's, it's it nothing comes, new. It's like not a, like they've never thrown a red flag before. They've done it plenty of times before, and it's just it, racing is like it or not want to be a purist or whatever it is entertainment you want to get a green flag finish it's nothing as egregious as we've seen at in plenty of other racing series so i mean i don't i don't I feel like this is a non thing essentially for me it comes down to consistency to me at least for me it comes down to consistency because we haven't done it every time so it, it comes down to you haven't done it every time what is the threshold when do you decide to do it? What circumstances I mean, when, prevent you Do you remember you from when Connor Daly wrecked in uh, whatever year? Well, 2020? What lap that was on? I don't remember what lap it was. It was earlier than this. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I don't know. Well, I don't know what to tell you. It was either earlier or it was right around the same time. Yeah, well. But yeah, I don't remember exactly. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I get your argument of we want to be consistent with how it is but i mean for me it's either you 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 write it in the bylaws that you either always do this or you either always don't i don't want it to be a judgment call if the bylaws say you always do this if there's a wreck within 10 to go 
that you you red flag the race to make sure to give us the best chance of a green flag finish that's fine i have no problem with that i just don't i don't want to be up in the stands questioning are we going to red flag the race or are we going to finish under yellow i just want to know well that's i mean i get that but i don't get that because i mean you're gonna know either way whether you know it right then or you already know yeah so i mean when i I get to the track i want to know what the rules are before we start put it that way i mean i guess but i feel like circumstances like that yeah you could put a rule in place but i feel like also circumstances like that where there might be special scenarios where yeah we think we can get this cleaned up in a timely manner maybe a little bit longer than it would take to run the six caution laps but let's go ahead and try it and a wreck where it's like damn this is going to take a while it's not worth rushing to clean this up to finish the race i mean i'm i'm fine with that being a judgment call like i it, it, you should never you should never throw in the towel, especially on the biggest stage in the world. Yeah, like you should I mean, never throw fair. in the towel. Like that's fair, but you, there were six laps to go. Yeah, six. It wasn't two. It wasn't one. It wasn't three. It was six laps to go. Guess what? It probably would have taken. They probably could have gotten that cleaned up if they had really pushed. They probably could have gotten that cleaned up when we would have had like a one lap shootout. But they took, they threw the red flag, took a little bit more time, got it cleaned up, got Jimmy's car off the track, got him in the infield care center, and we saw a race. Granted, you can make the argument that it was, it was putting, wrecked another car and it put people in unnecessary danger. But I mean, I hate to be this guy, but I mean, that's, that's racing. Like, you, you understand the risk. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and you understand that the show must go on. You got to, you have to, a lot of people would have been pissed off. You have a sellout crowd. You have a sellout crowd at Indy 500. I would have been, I would have been pissed. Yeah. I mean, if they would have, I mean, understand, Grant, Marcus drivers, Erickson, un- drivers understand the risk of doing it. And, and I'm not saying we did this, but we need to, whether drivers understand the risk or not, which they do, we don't need to be putting them into further risk. Again, I'm not no, saying, yeah, I'm not I, saying I, that we did, but we don't need to be doing that. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I don't feel people people like to do this too much, and we've done it a lot lately because of the all-star race with Ryan Blaney, uh, this with Marcus Erickson. People are too eager to give a race to someone to be like, oh, this guy earned it. We shouldn't have done this because this guy earned it. Ryan That's really fu- did pass pass the checkered flag on the last lap, but yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, we all knew the rules. Well, we didn't all know the rules, but they were the Yeah, but they were they were set. They were set. They were set enough to where some people knew the rules and he didn't he did not cross the finish line under the rules set in that race to win the race. You do not in my opinion, you do not earn the win until you cross the finish line under the checkered flag. I'm sorry. I am so sick of this fucking bullshit where everybody's like, well, they shouldn't have done this because this guy deserved it. No, he didn't. You could pop it to Kyle Larson, Pocono last year. You could make the argument, oh, they, you know, if there would have been a green white checkered and then he blows a tire. Right. Well, they shouldn't have, 
they should have just thrown the caution or they should have done this or and he, he earned it. No, he didn't. Anything can happen. He blew Marcus Erickson could have blown a tire. He could have easily done a Jimmy Johnson and wrecked the damn car with a couple laps to go. Putting a NASCAR equation in this is kind of that was yeah, that one that that one doesn't work at all. It doesn't work for me because NASCAR has their own rules yeah, that, that can can and indefinitely I, yeah, forget I said that. I was yeah. just trying to make an example that knowing yeah. I I don't like the argument of you shouldn't do this because this guy earned it already. He did not earn it. He did not. Marcus Erickson did not earn the Indianapolis 500 victory until he crossed that finish line. That's fair. I think, I think more of what I'm doing here is, is risk versus reward. I yeah, don't think I, the, I know I what you're saying, the, but yeah, I don't think is, the reward we ended up with was really worth the risk of what we, not that it was like a major, major risk. So we, be it. Okay, it wasn't, but at least yeah. we tried. Okay. We didn't have – we had the satisfaction of no, of getting the outcome that, okay, yeah, it was the same outcome, but we at least tried to give as much racing to the people as possible. And that's fair. Yeah, What exactly. I love the most about this segment is I'm not really upset about this. <laughs> I just wanted to talk about it. Well, I mean, yeah, but it's definitely it is an, it is something you might not be upset about. There's a lot of people up in arms about it. There are definitely and, people, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, playing. I, I'm I'm advocating for that side because I understand. I understand both arguments completely. Yeah. I understand both arguments. Well, here let's talk about the the finish of the race. So the red flag happens, um, and we get the gr- the restart and. We'd seen all day the restarts were the prime opportunity to pass because you couldn't pass worth a shit. Pato gets kind of held. Pato awards second. He kind of gets held up, and Erickson gets away. And then we get to the white flag, and Pato has a hell of a run down the front straightaway. But, dude, like we said, the snaky Swede, Marcus Erickson, he was – dude, he was he was on – he was on pit road, basically. He was underneath the commitment line. He hit the fucking commitment line, did he not? Coming down the front straightaway. Oh, I don't, I don't know if he hit it or not. I'm pretty sure he hit it. He hit the white line, the inter line. I don't think he hit the commit line though, because if he hit the commit line, that would. I want to, I want to look back and and see. I think he, I, I think he almost did. Um, and he was going top to bottom. He earned the Indy 500 then. Yeah, no, that that shit was awesome. And then off of um, off of turn two. I think well, it was no, hold on. Pod, here, I want to talk about this. Yeah. How do you there's this is another thing people were talking about? How do you lift on the outside? Pato Award gets to the outside of Marcus Harrison. How do you lift and turn one of the Indianapolis 500? Because we've seen where guys have lifted in turn one and gotten a run down the back straightaway and had another opportunity in turn three. Yeah. That's that's I, what I understand I that. That's what I assume Pato was thinking. I I assume that, or you can you can assume that. I also, it's the last lap of the Indy 500. We know people are going for it. Wreck it happen. My opinion: you gotta go. Then you cannot wait. You cannot wait for maybe there's an opportunity. And he didn't get that opportunity. The caution he, came out. He wasn't going to get it. He anyway. wasn't going to, he, no, he wasn't going to no. get it anyway, but 
the caution came out when Sage wrecked. So, I mean, he's also there's there it's, could, also, it's also, um, you don't necessarily want to be that guy that that Sato's entering turn one, not just because you don't want to. I don't know, dude. I've been the biggest, I've defended Takuma Sato for that. Cause God damn, he wanted to win the Indy 500. Yeah. It might've been a dumb move, but God damn, you got to do what you got to do. You got, if you look like a moron doing it, you got, I mean, he is in that position. We're sitting on a couch talking about it and he's out there doing the damn thing. And now he's got two of them. So yeah, exactly. So I, I, I would, I would fully give it to Pato if he sends it in a turn one and damned if it does, damned if it don't. That would have been a hell of a finish to the race because the race would have ended right there. He would have gone in the corner on the outside of, of Erickson. It would not have stuck, and he would have biffed it. That would have been the finish. It would have been a hell of a way to go. It would have been a hell of a way. Yeah. but I mean, it yeah. is – yeah, that's that's my thing with it. I Yeah, I think, uh, I think Pato – I mean – I think that's the thing. He's holding the steer again. We're sitting on the couch. He's out there doing the damn thing. So, I mean, I don't know. That's the thing too. It's like I have a hard time getting onto him for it because whenever I look at it, he was not gonna. He was not gonna make that. And no, whether it's whether it's he didn't do it because he thought he could get another run or he knew he wasn't gonna make it. I think both are fair because I. you get you get, you get paid a fairly good amount of money for finishing second in the Indy 500. It doesn't have the prestige of winning the 500, but it's it, it's a pretty good payday, and it's better than fin- biffing it and finishing. I guess he would have probably finished like 27th or 26th or something. Yeah. Um, if uh, I just dropped it. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I feel like I feel like that that has got to be part of it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you make a good point. I think, yeah, it's, I would have gone for it, but then again, like I said, that's why I'm sitting here. That's why we wouldn't have made it to yeah. the Indy 500. Yeah, yeah. To uh, now, <laughs> fuck it, I'm gonna send going it, down the back stretch. Yeah, I mean, Marcus Erickson, he was underneath. He was on the apron on the back straightaway. <laughs> I mean, dude, he would. That was some. That was. I'm surprised he didn't. I thought he was going to wreck just swerving like he yeah, was, I was trying to break fully, the draft. I was fully expecting him to bust it loose. I mean, dude, because it was like it was top to bottom to top to bottom. I mean, dude, it was it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was I like heard. he was going through a fucking like slalom course. Yeah, I mean, going down the fucking back straightaway at Indianapolis. Like, 2019, Pagano did that one time down the back straightaway, and I thought that was – I was surprised he made that work. Erickson did it fucking three straightaways in a row, yeah. and he would have done it a fourth if the caution hadn't come out. It's just like, man, I, I – yeah, I don't know how he made that work, but yeah. uh, congrats yeah. to him. That that alone was incredible. Yeah, and he obviously wins the race. Sage Karam Rex finishes on the caution. Marcus was going to win anyway. Um, unless he lost it going down the front stretch trying to break the draft. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he wins the race. David Land, um, we had to save him from jumping off the top of the grandstands. Um, 
He was like, hold me back, bro. Hold me back. Yeah. Yeah. David said the night before the 500, if Marcus Erickson wins, he's going to jump off the top of the grandstands. Um, I texted him with like five to get five to go. I was like, don't jump. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys are welcome. Um, Yeah. Marcus Erickson wins. I don't know a ton about Marcus Erickson. I know he came from F1. Um, He hit Grosjean that one time, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Um, Yeah. He's one of those guys that's like, he's been under the radar. He won a couple of races last year. What did he win? He won what? Nashville and Detroit. Nashville. Okay, he won Nashville and Detroit. And it's kind of like one of those guys that I feel like he doesn't give enough credit for what he's done. Because, I mean, he's I, been and, overshadowed and I'm guilty. <laughs> yeah, I'm guilty of that, too. Yeah, he's kind of, you know, Polo won the championship last year. Dixon's obviously Scott Dixon. And, but he is, I mean, he's leading the points right now. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like it's something like he's, he almost reminds me of like a William Byron. In a sense, where you have these two polarizing, you have Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson, two of the biggest names in the sport, and then William Byron, what arguably, arguably, arguably be uh, the top guy in any other organization, but because of where he's at, he's not. And that's kind of where Marcus Erickson is. He could be a lead guy at a team, but he's like the juggernaut that is Ganassi. And I feel like uh, like now he's going to, he's going to get that, get that respect he deserves. I want to give Erickson a lot of credit. I will show that motherfucker respect. (laughs) When he came in a few years ago, um, I kind of thought he'd be more like, I I was, I was predicting more of like a Max Chilton uh, type IndyCar career from him. Don't do a whole lot. Most people kind of forget who you are in a couple of years. And, and, I didn't, I didn't forget you, Max. Yeah, I know. Your biggest fan, Max, if you're watching. Yeah, That's Max. Right uh, yeah, yeah. I um, still – hold on. I, I Yeah, I can't get it now, but I still yeah. got got my Max Chilton koozie in this table. Yeah. Um, got my shirt upstairs. <laughs> but that's kind of what I – that's kind of what I was thinking um, he would he would end up. I, he didn't do anything for a while. I, when yeah. did he even start in, in IndyCar? Uh-huh. I don't even remember. It's been a few years. But yeah, he didn't do anything for a while. Finally got those wins last year, and it was just like, oh, Marcus Erickson won now. That's weird. Probably won't happen again. And then he won Nashville. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Had to, you know, Colton Herter had to wreck himself for it to happen, but cool. Happened Shit. twice. That's funny. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> and <laughs> Marcus went bird up in that race. Yeah, I did go bird up in that race. Yeah. That was that was gnarly. Uh, and now he's an Indy 500 champ. Like, what the weird. fuck? <laughs> it's weird. Out of um, all the all the drivers at Ganassi, that was that was number five. I mean, oh, I'm man. starting to I'm starting to feel like I'm starting to feel like Dixon's never gonna win again. I hope he does, <laughs> but I'm I'm starting to think Dude, he's not. He Palo is starting to. He, how did he Scott flub Dixon. it, man? How did uh, Dixon had him covered, man? Digging. Had him had them covered. Scott Dixon is he lost the 500 from digging Scott, too hard. Scott Dixon, the Iceman, he thawed out a little bit, clearly. Yeah. And 
he he fucked up. That is that is insane. I couldn't believe that shit. I could. I mean, I could because of because of what. But I still, I was like, oh my god, I, he did he did the damn yeah. thing. I wasn't exactly watching his, his pit entry when it happened. I knew he was pitting, but I wasn't watching. I turn I turn to my left, and Colin's just like. He sped. He had to have fucking sped. And I'm like, what? He goes, no. Nah, Scott he, Dixon. He, yeah, I'm like, what? He, he's like, no, he wiggled it. As soon as he got past the commit line, he wiggled it. And I'm like, maybe. Bam. Fucking comes around the, the next time by and does his drive through. I'm like, oh, my God. He just he just did it again. Yeah. It's always something with Scott, man. And it's, it's wild. Usually not At least he's fault. got that one. At least he's got that one. At least he's got that one. At least, I, honestly, it sounds weird. At least this one was his fault. Um, when a guy's yeah, a lot snake of times bit, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. When a guy's snake bitten at a race, I would rather them lose because they did something other than like a freak thing. Like, oh, I don't know, the caution coming out right before you need to pit, and then your yeah. fuel, and then you got to redo it. Whatever. Twenty seventeen, the crazy thing that that was. Um, so yeah, I, I'd kind of, I, I, I'm. For his sake, I'm kind of glad it was just driver error, as weird as that may sound. Um, yeah, no, I, I guess I definitely get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, whether Dixon gets another one or not, I mean, he's got that one. I feel and like, obviously, he's an all-time great. So yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe I'm weird. I feel like the Dixon curse isn't as much of a big deal as everybody makes it out to be. Like, I feel like a lot of people were like, Scott has to win another one. No, he doesn't. He got he got one. He's won fucking what. 38 IndyCar titles. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, he doesn't have to win another one. There's definitely, he's definitely snake bit, but it's hard to call a guy snake bit when he's won, won the 500 before. Well, I don't know. Mario Andretti did everything under the sun. And the main thing I, you know, people still talk about is the freaking Andretti curse. Now it helps that Michael and Marco both continued that legacy, but still the first thing. and And Jeff. Good God, how many fucking Andretti's are that? I forgot. Um, and yeah, it, it does help that uh, there's not a Tim Andretti. There, there fucking probably is. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I'd love to see Scott get him another one. Uh, I think it'd be fun. But yeah, he may never. And hell, Alex Pelot may not either because he's clearly Scott Dixon incarnated i almost said hold your hold your horses i mean it what it's what his third 500 yeah i don't know yeah i mean i i think he i think he's got time he's clearly already the goat so i i don't know about that but yeah um connor daly led we got to see that that was pretty cool well yeah, that, that's not new for me because uh, he led the most laps last year. So I got to see Connor Daly lead. Shut the fuck up. I do yeah. not like seeing anybody drive that damn 20 Ed Carpenter racing car other than Ed Carpenter. Uh, you fucking gomer. Um, I don't like it. They should just it. they should change Connor's number for the 500 and let. I'm Ed still run that convinced car. that Dixon Dixon let him go just just for just for crowd service. Well, that and and he could save some fuel. <laughs> nah, fan nah, service. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, Scott's I'll die a businessman. He knows. Yeah, he knows. He understands. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. that that was another thing uh, I wanted to talk about. A bunch of different guys were running, either new cars or new teams. Uh, guys that ran different cars for a while, and then the guys, even the guys running 
the same team um we're running color schemes that I, I i i barely recognize half the damn field from the that stands. is yeah that is true that is very true that's something that indycar and this is saying something i feel like indycars as far as identifying your driver, it's harder to do that in IndyCar than I almost is in NASCAR sometimes. At least in NASCAR, there's a big fucking door number on there. And that's, yeah, and that's saying something because, I mean, I pulled for Ryan Hunter in. He ran the DHL car every damn week for however many seasons. Yeah. But everybody else, yeah, it, it's it's a lot. You're not as identifiable. Well, it's like uh, Ed, Ed this week was running a teal and purple car i'm like i that's not what i look for when yeah, I'm which for sponsorship Carpenter. yeah which sponsorship i mean that's that's yeah. just kind of how it goes but yeah I, I i get what you're saying that's something indycar it seems like it's on the upswing but that's that's one thing that like i mean you can't really work on that that's not like yeah, something there's nothing it's just really it's just a thing that. yeah 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 um but yeah i i like i said indy 500 I could barely find Joseph Newgarden all weekend, and he's running a regular Penske livery. It just wasn't the one I'm used to seeing. Yeah. Um, Indy 500, I had had a great time. Um, It was, I mean, it was a spectacle for sure. Um, I'll definitely be back who knows when. but uh, 20 years from now. Yeah, 20 years from now. Um, Yeah, I don't don't know. It was – I, I think I spoke for it earlier in the pod. It was it was everything I had hoped it to be. We could have maybe had some better racing, but that's just gonna that's gonna happen. It's racing. Shit happens. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Seth, any, anything else? Well, we got to do our sundress and dumbass, but oh um, yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I love going to the Indy Five Hundred. I'm almost, I almost want to not go next year just to see if Takuma Sato wins again. Uh, I'm curious if I'm the glue that holds uh, the field together um, as far as, you know, keeping Sato at bay. Uh, but I'll probably be back again because I, I love going to the Indy 500. It's, it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's like the, for me, it's like the pinnacle of the year. It's the biggest thing I go to. And yeah. I have, I have, I always, I love the people. Oh, I love most of the people. I love the atmosphere. And for the most part, I love the racing. So yeah. yeah. Um, fucking 500 power. <laughs> sundress and dumbass. All right. I made my sundress David Malukas because he was the highest finishing rookie. I mean, I don't know how you can not pick Marcus Erickson. Uh, Cause he's in a no one pick- car. No one picked him. No oh, yeah, one. Picked nobody him. picked him, but sundress. It's 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 super. Marcus Erickson. Okay, that's fine. That's Marcus Erickson and David Malukas. Um, yeah. Dumbass Scott Dixon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It has think, to be. I think that's pretty. That's pretty. I don't know, man. Who who would you? counter with i i could not think of anybody that there was so dumbass um there was a guy 12 team no um 
So there was a guy that went swimming this weekend. <laughs> uh, we were at Newcastle Motorsports Park, and uh, there were there were a couple uh, c- couple hosts on this podcast who were who were racing really hard, and one of them uh, was trying to do it. his doing his. <laughs> Uh, one of them was doing his best sneaky Swede impression, and um, I tried to I tried to snooker Seth, and Seth Seth brake checked me, and <laughs> I spun and ended up in the damn swamp at Newcastle Motorsports Park. Yeah, so I was, yeah, so Buddy is is stalking me. I was um, stalking everybody. He was stalking everybody, but. Notices, I, I was on a list at that race. <laughs> yeah. He he notices that I'm I'm checking my blind spot every corner or give or take every corner. I, yeah. I'd usually get like a corner and then I'd, I'd be like, okay, I know where I'm at for a couple corners. But he, he took note of this and, and proceeds to to hide in the opposite direction. I was looking, looking at I was looking at his shoulders. I was looking at and every time every time I saw his shoulders start to move, I'd I'd dart the cart in the opposite direction to stay out of his line of sight. Yeah. So, so buddy finally gets close to me. I don't know this because he's been hiding from me. <laughs> and I, I've been back in the corner up. We get into the, the final hairpin. At he had been back in the corner up and I had been doing some Marcus Ambrose late breaks in the, into the corner, just bombing under people and scaring the shit out of them. Yeah. I made it way. I, to my credit, I made it work every time but this time yeah except this one um so yeah i get ready to get in the corner get off the gas get on the brake and i'm spun i i heard and felt that somebody hit me but i turn around and there's nobody there yeah and here's my (laughs) story i'm directly behind seth i'm about i don't know three and a half inches from his from his rear bumper and i decided all right here's my time i'm gonna dart out and dive under him in this hairpin <laughs> as soon as I peeked my left headlight out, he breaks, and I'm like, "Oh fuck!" I run in the back of him, spin him out, spin myself out. I am going through the grass, knowing what's about to happen. I'm like, "Fuck you, Seth! Fuck you, Seth! Fuck you, Seth!" <laughs> Splash Mountain. I'm in the fucking. What made it even worse is on the way up there, David Land. We're talking to David and Kyle. And uh, David's like, yeah, he's like, we're talking about getting in the grass. And David's like, yeah, what you really got to worry about is uh, going in the water. He's like, but you really got to screw up uh, to go in the water. And uh, I got to tell you, man, you, you you don't have to screw up that bad <laughs> to go in the water. You only have to kind of screw up. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, an interesting sensation getting spun out, knowing you got hit and turning around and not seeing anybody. <laughs> Nobody going straight, nobody like sideways. I, said, I, I was hiding. <laughs> I didn't know who hit me until I saw Buddy in his red in Kyle's Red Bull fire suit pulling his cart out of the water. And I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. the culprit. I yeah. gotta figure out how the fuck this happened. <laughs> God, dude. I yeah, that and then we were out there. I it was you were behind I just passed you, and Matt Skipper and somebody else were too wide going into a corner and I went to make it three wide bomb underneath them. And I don't know what the fuck happened. I ended up fucking just absolutely like Dukes of hazarding over this fucking curb, like through the air 
and I come out the other side like Lightning McQueen in front of him and <laughs> just keep going. That was wild. If y'all had a chance to go out in Newcastle, fucking do it, man. That shit was nuts. That was fun as shit. Yeah. That was a if, fun track, yeah, fun carts. We were, we, we were a couple – well, I was – I would say I was a weapon out there. I only – I hit one person the entire time, and that was you when I, when I spun you out. Oh, so, man. I mean, yeah. The, uh, the difference be between the carts is just something else. So, when you get into a new cart for your, like, second or third race, maybe don't go flat out into the first corner you get to. Big, uh, big chaotic energy right here. Big chaotic energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what a weekend, dude. We had, there was a lot of shit that happened. Um, we fucking, uh, actually I want to change my dumb ass to that, to West Virginia's, um, highway, um, uh, road crew. Um, yeah, they, uh, thank you for, um, putting a pothole. Thank you for putting a rumble strip and a pothole on the wrong side of the fucking road. Uh, not that they put the pothole there, but not passing the fucking pothole. Two of the biggest pothole. Like, dude, it was like the goddamn Grand Canyon. Yeah. I mean, and they put the yellow line on the outside of it. Yeah. It, it's fucking stupid. It's and really fun. got a flat tire at five in the morning in the middle of West Virginia. Um, so that's fantastic. Thank you to uh, the state of West Virginia for that. You can go fuck yourself. Yeah. Luckily, apparently there's a get your money back program. I'm going to assume it doesn't work, but I'm going to try anyway. <laughs> um, I yeah. have my re- Well, I have the receipt in your car still, so I'll need to get that uh, probably. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. But so yeah, I fun. mean, we got to hung out with, obviously we, we stayed with David Land and got to hang out with him and Kyle Cuthbertson and Joe Donahue and that whole, them guys. I mean, them the boys, man. Love oh, yeah. to death. Um, the, the, the Barney squad as I called them. Um, we got to do a lot of fun things with them this weekend with the IRP and all that shit. And so it was good weekend, man. Fun times, fun times, real fun times. Uh, Oh, we did, we got to do bitch and scale. Yes. The, uh, the bitch and scale goes from lowest uh, being how deep that fucking swamp was at Newcastle. I was thinking the pothole. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll go with that. Actually, yeah. yeah. How deep the fucking pothole was. Yeah. How high I went, got off the ground when I hopped that fucking curb at Newcastle. All um, right. I'm gonna put it at me making it through the first turn after coming out of the swamp with completely soaking wet tires. I'm gonna put it at me putting pretty together- amazing for me, but. Not amazing for anyone else, maybe. <laughs> I'm going to put it at me making like three solid ass laps at Newcastle. Three, what? I'm going to put it at me making an, an entire like three solid laps at Newcastle. What did you say before? Hold on. I said that. No, you didn't. I did. You There was another word in there. Ass. I thought you said three solid ass slaps at Newcastle, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I just God. walked up behind David, Kyle, and Joe and just slapped ass. I mean, hey, you got to do what you got to do sometimes, but it's a um, cutthroat game out there. Yeah. yeah um, go ahead and check. Go make sure you check out uh, David Lynn's vlog. I don't know when that's coming out, but you'll see a lot of us in there. Uh, go check out David's vlog. If you don't subscribe to David, I don't know why the fuck you're not. Um, 
and go see us. Yes. Yes. Check out our our Colton Herta video. Yes. I edited. Allegedly. Yes, Um, that Seth edited allegedly. Yeah, and uh, don't forget to comment, like, subscribe. Hope you enjoyed. Indy 500 was awesome. Um, Pato means duck in Spanish. This has been the big motor, the large motor um, baby blade. We wanted an IndyCar uh, version of that. So there we go. That's that's my half-assed attempt at that uh, podcast. And uh, we'll see y'all next week. <laughs>